Hey guys, welcome back to Raw Influence. We are live and we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes and on YouTube, guys. So we've been doing so many different types of um, podcasts. Before we was covering Brexit with Boris Johnson and Crisps, we was talking about the Chinese billionaire that was exiled. And now completely different type of interview. We've got some exciting guests with me. First of all, my new co-host who's been here a long time and a lot of you guys know uh, Raj Singh. So do you want to give yourself an intro before we intro the special guest? Sure. I'm Raj. Um, been here working with Sam and Samuel and Co for the last four and a half years. Um, yeah, prior to that, worked in family businesses, hardware, retail, um, here for the people's voice um, to learn from entrepreneurs um, just, as, just as well as you guys. Awesome. Do you want to just quickly say what you've been up to lately as well? Okay, so um, lately, uh, randomly, I fell into doing extra work on um, film sets. So I've been in Bollywood films in the last sort of um, few weeks. So watch out. We're definitely we're definitely going to be talking about that a little bit later <laughs> on. And obviously, we'd like to introduce our special guest, Dr. Vinita Ratan. Thank you so much for coming along. Do you want My to give pleasure. yourself... A little bit of an intro. Oh, intro. Okay, right. So I'm a specialist doctor for pigmentation for coloured skins. Um, and so I spent about five years in the laboratory putting together the only treatment in the world designed for hyperpigmentation for skin of colour, so Asian African skin. Basically, the all treatments for pigmentation were designed for Caucasian skin, things like glycolic acid, TCA peels, laser, hydroquinone, which burnt skin of colour and worsened the pigmentation. So I just thought there'd be a better way. To be honest, I thought it would take me six months. It ended up taking years and years. Yeah, I, <laughs> I failed for for so many years, but eventually there was a turning point and everything changed for us. And now I think we've done about 25,000 treatments in the last five years just of pigmentation for colored skins. And we've got 95% success rate. Wow. Um, and yeah, we have no burns. So it's it's very different to what's available that is incredible i'm sure loads of listeners are probably trying to find out how did you get into this and how did your journey start yeah so to be honest i was born into the right family my mum and dad uh, were amazing so my dad's a doctor as well my mum's a pharmacist and we already had a cosmeceutical company so i was very lucky i did medicine and i did physiology pharmacology as my bsc um, and then I had my own laboratory. They let me have as much time as I wanted. I had access to the formulator. I had access to all the ingredients. And I had my dad to bounce ideas off of. Um, and, and so I was just very lucky, to be honest. If I didn't have all of these resources at my disposal, there's no way I could have achieved what we achieved. Did they... Is it fair to say that you were self-made or was you assisted? In, oh, there's in- no such thing as self-made. I think <laughs> I think mum and dad, your mum and dad are your mum and dad, right? So yeah, <laughs> they're everything for me. Um, but I, and I had the best husband as well. My husband really did support me in the early years of our marriage. And, you know, I was in the lab and, you know. Like ridiculous hours. Yeah, exactly. So it's a team. It's always teamwork, in my opinion. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. And Raj, you was uh, looking into pigmentation of skin. Have you had any thoughts or kind of comments about it that you want to bring up? Um, It's something I've looked in a lot, obviously. um, You know, beauty is key. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, a lot of things I've seen, I mean, you see a lot of things on the internet. um, And it's interesting, Venetia, I was looking at your website and I was seeing what you were saying not to do, recommended to me things like glycolic pills, um, Etc. Etc. I have tried them before, and it's so strange because yeah, going by your website, it's so true what you're saying that it doesn't work for your skin. Um, so to come across what you do, it, it is so niche. Um, I mean, another big thing that we're seeing at the moment is is natural remedies, old wives' tales, um, argonals, coconuts. I mean, what, what's your take on that? Yeah. So I've done a video on this actually. Um, basically, I had. I've had a lot of people come into my clinic who've burnt their faces using things that were in the kitchen. So a few weeks ago, I had a lady who came and used garlic on her upper lip to try and clear the pigmentation, but actually burnt it and made the pigmentation much darker. I had this other young girl who was going to Pakistan to get married the following week, um, and she put lemon juice on her face based on a YouTuber saying, put lemon juice on your face, burn her face. It was black. And I know it was just like devastating, you know, like a young girl about to go in and start her new life. So my thing to everybody is just do not make your skin worse. If you've got skin of color, 
you have to be so careful. I don't even do facials on my own skin. I manage my own skin knowing that I could burn and I'm already prone to pigmentation. So that's probably what I would say is look after yourself. Don't just put anything on yeah. your face. I've heard, I've heard, I don't know if it's true, I've heard rumours, and I'm not exactly an expert in this field, I've heard lemon juice in the eyes whitens. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I really would not do that. I, I wouldn't would even put it on it. my skin, let alone my eyes. <laughs> wow. I, I wouldn't do it, but it's one of those that you think, does it work? But I'm not. No. <laughs> like a tequila shot on stag, do <laughs> Lemon drops in the eye. That, that is, yeah, that's as far as it goes. But my knowledge of, of what's it, what kind of people come to you then? Are they people people that um have sort of you know built up insecurities over the different things that happen do you know what it's we have really classic people come in to see me if you've got melasma you come in to see me from 30 years old to 60 years old if you're a male who's got dark circles you'll come and see me when you're 25 years old to 55 years old if you're a male who's got bacne um you're going to come and see me from 25 to 55 as well so it's very classic dependent on what the condition is it's a cohort of the population who has it and do you know what i feel like nowadays everybody wants to look their best it doesn't even matter I look at my own mom and dad and they want to look their best they go to the gym and they've got pts and they take care of their skin so there's no even age limit on when you start when you can stop looking after yourself mm. and look your best. Yeah. Do you think that's, um, well, I was just discussing this earlier, I was having a bit of a chat about it. Do you think that's been pushed by stuff like Love Island and trying to make your, you know, your physique be the best it can be and that's what's expected of us now? Do you feel like that's kind of pushed the industry? I think more than Love Island is probably Instagram. When you say, I think Instagram, yeah. you see so many beautiful photos and you just think, my goodness, I wish I looked like X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think unfortunately we are going down that route and I've got children and I think I don't ever want them to feel that they're not good enough or that they're not beautiful enough or the skin's not clear enough. Mm. It's going to be hard, I think, for the next generation. It's our responsibility to try and balance it for them. Yeah, you have all these kind of apps. Mm. And, and I mean, you know, we, we know from social media ourselves that Instagram has certain algorithms that, you know, will rank a photo higher. Say, for example, if it's got a higher contrast, it's brighter, you're more likely to get better engagement and everyone's kind of basing their fan base off of likes and growth. So you've got these things where you can, you know, if you've got a spot on your face, you can do a spot remover on the app. And that stuff's got to be raising kind of the bar, I think, for individuals on a day-to-day basis to want to make that change. Of course. No, I totally agree with you. It's difficult. I mean, even me, I mean, I'm in the aesthetic industry and even I look and I think, oh, I wish I could look like this and I wish I was as thin as this person. I wish I was as tall as this person. We all we all wish we were better. <laughs> yeah, I, I also have that tall problem. <laughs> I, I wish I was taller. How crazy that is. And, and so your industry, if you were to look at it on a graph, must, be, must have gone like this. It must, for those that aren't actually seeing what I'm doing here, I'm literally just pointing at an exponential (laughs) growth chart. Exponential growth. Yeah, do you know what I'm actually noticing is how educated people are becoming on things. So, for example, when I first started out, and I used to talk about the word melasma, which is hyperpigmentation on the cheekbones, happens if you're female, happens after pregnancy, happens during menopause. Um, Before, people would not have a name for it. They wouldn't even, they just think, oh, I've got sunspots or I've got freckles or, you know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't even know what it was. Yeah. Now we've got over 100,000 followers who all know what melasma is. And they ask me in detail. They say, okay, so I've got zygomatic melasma. It's joining up to the temples. What should I do? And these are in detail, in-depth questions that, that even doctors wouldn't know how to ask. You know, So I think people are beca- – when they're, when they're passionate about something and something's really bothering them, they will drill down and they will learn, learn, learn. And they'll find – the influencer who can help them with their problem yeah um, and that's that's it everything now is just so readily available to you know if you've got a question google i was at a google conference and they were saying how we're becoming more needy as consumers and for example we used to say um, where is the closest chinese to me in watford for example yeah. now you're saying where's the closest Chinese and you're expecting Google to know exactly where your location is and how things are going. So when you're a consumer, if you're thinking you're putting out that information continuously, I think it's only going to get more and more when we start seeing that kind of info coming in. But it's interesting because do you find that that has now made your job harder because you now have a more experienced, well, 
you have a more experienced consumer that may say something like, are you sure that's the right treatment to have? I've been looking into X, Y, and Z, and this is what I've heard. And I love it actually when they do that, because for me, I'm an educator. So when I created this treatment, I had to educate the market on different skin types and what is suitable for your skin and what isn't suitable for your skin. So actually that was a good thing for me. Um, We're about to launch something that's very exciting. It's the first of its kind in the world in about four weeks time. And it's because we've got an educated market who want to know, who want to learn that we're able to do this. If the education wasn't there, if people weren't wanting to learn, then I wouldn't be creating things to help when they don't really want it. So I think it's a good thing. And even for us, you know, you look at, say you look at keto diets, for example, how many people are there to follow on keto and keto recipes and keto this, keto that. Let me learn about the science behind it. Let me see what's going on in the journals. People are hungry for knowledge. People want Mm -hmm. to improve. I think throughout the year, throughout the generations, people have wanted to improve. It's just now it's readily available. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's interesting. And, you're based on Harley Street, right? So I've my, we started off on Harley Street and then we moved to Mayfair. So now we've got our own premises in Mayfair. Harley Street, when you think of Harley Street, you think of everything kind of cosmetics. Why is that? Why is Because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're you know, top of your game if you're on Harley Street, right? It's just it's, it's interesting, actually. It comes down to finances. So Harley Street's very expensive. So you're not going to be on Harley Street if you're not one of the best. Does that make sense? It does. So it, so it is a filtering mechanism. It is a barrier to entry. You're not going to be a generic doctor and then make it onto Harley Street because your rates are £50 an hour, £100 an hour. Okay. So unless you are the best in the world at what you do, you're not going to be on Harley Street. Mm. Okay. So if you're wealth, if basically to, in order to get there, you have to have kind of almost like – you have to have your client base. It has to be a successful business in order to be able to even afford the rates to Agreed. be on Harley Street. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Raj, what questions have we got? Um, it's actually something you said earlier I wanted to touch on. Um, you said when you started, you thought it was, you thought, you yeah. thought it was going to be a six-month journey and you failed for many, many years. I mean, what kept you going? You know, because that's when most people fail is they, they fail at the first hurdle and yeah. it sounds like you, you jumped over many, many obstacles. What was your drive? You know, what what kept you going? Oh, do you know what? I, I think the type of person I am, I'm okay. a, I'm an obsessive type of person, you know, and it's not necessarily a good thing for me. It's when I have my eye on something, it, like I feel like the whole world could try and collapse on me, and I will just still try and go for it like that. Okay. But I don't know if I would encourage my children to be the same way because it leads to a lot of pain. Um, you put yourself through torture, and you know, you'll be pushing a, a boulder up a hill and it'll come back and hit you back on the head and you just keep fighting, keep fighting. Um, so it's that kind of like obsession actually to sure. achieve what you said you were going to achieve. If you put your name to something, sure. like you will kill yourself to make that thing happen. And that's not for everybody. I think it's just the way I am in terms of that's, you know, it's just my personality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can see, I mean, we, we, we did obviously, you know, we looked into you quite a bit. We can see you don't do things lightly. You've had many businesses, food businesses, property management. What made you focus on this? And, you know, where, where did the whole idea come from? Was it from an experience you had yourself? Yeah, so first, when I first started out, I started off with Ace Medicine. So we created um, an education company for medical students. And I taught thousands of students right from getting into medical school, right through all the exams, right through to finals. And we did that across the country. That was my first business. I started that business when I was in third year medical school out of six years. So for me, business was always side by side with medicine. Um, and then after that, we launched a, a restaurant called Teriyaki Express, which was a big mistake because it wasn't something I was an expert at, actually. I did it when I was about 27, 28 years old. So I was quite young. It was a huge expense. And I thought it was going to work out because by that point, everything I'd ever touched had worked out. Yeah. So I just had this mentality that whatever I did was going to be successful, which was obviously completely wrong. We lost a huge amount of money. I was pregnant at the time. I'd it was, you know, I'd had a big injury on my leg. It was just everything was going wrong at the same time. Um, and at the weekends, I'd also be in the lab. I'd still be at the lab trying to create this formula. So it literally was, you know, like everything against me. 
Um, and then the day we decided to put a line under Teriyaki Express was just the biggest relief. Me and my husband took a photo just to say this is the lowest point of our lives. <laughs> it oh, can really? only get better. Yeah, and it really did get better after that. After that, we started paying you, back all the debt. Do you, ever, do, you ever, do you ever look back at that photo? Yeah, we do. It's in, it's in my head. It's seared in my mind. Oh, okay. like, no. Yeah, I know did it that was. Phone, did that phone experience give you dark circles? <laughs> <laughs> I had the dark circles before. The second the second we abandoned um, that the restaurant and we wanted to build a chain of restaurants, we were really ambitious with what we wanted to do. We'd done a tour of America to find out how to do it, et cetera. But actually, after we realized... We number one, you only do what you are the expert at. That's what I think. You need to have high barriers to entry to whatever you want to do. Number two, you have to be the best in the world at whatever you are doing. I don't ever want to create a me too product ever, even if it's just one other person in the world. You have to create, in my opinion, be the create something completely different. Um, and um, and number three is actually the harder the thing is to create, the less likely it is that someone's going to replicate because it's huge amount of pain if you've gone through the pain they're going to go through the pain too so that's really what I learned from teriyaki which was a very very good learning experience early on yeah and so before we started you said you were a business person first doctor second what makes you say that I'm a doctorpreneur, so they come like they come together. Yeah, I did get asked this the other day. I was like, "Are you a businesswoman? Are you an are you a doctor?" I'm a doctorpreneur because any business that I launch is going to be medically related, and it's going to be more than just medical. It's going to be pigmentation related, yeah. because that is my field. I know this inside out. I know it better than any other doctor knows pigmentation because I've done I've just done thousands and thousands. It's a numbers game at yeah. the end of the day, right? Yeah. The more you do, the better you get. So to date, no other doctor has ever focused on one condition for one skin type, let alone pigmentation for colored skins, you know? So I think for me, that that's how it works. Mental, mental. Okay. And I, with skin pigmentation, can, can people come to you via NHS or not? Is it hundred no, percent private? hundred percent private. Okay. And so with Brexit, I was going to talk about Brexit and NHS, but is that, do you have an opinion on that or not? I do have a lot of opinions on it. But <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone does now. Honestly, like, so for example, when I was manufacturing our products, I contract manufactured it abroad because it was cheaper. Yeah. Then I heard about, you know, Brexit was going to happen. And I thought, I have no idea what my costs are going to be. So I thought I'm going to open up my own laboratory in the UK, in Acton. Um, I'm going to purchase all our own ingredients for the next three years because I don't know three years from now what's going to happen. And usually ingredients um, sell by date is within two to three years. So I was prepared for the next two to three years to make sure that all our clients get what they need. After that, I don't know how much duty they're going to put on things. And it may mean that I have to increase my prices, which is not going to be good for anybody. Mm -hmm. So that... Do you have competitors in this industry that are in a similar scenario with Brexit and things like that? Do you know what? I don't actually know any doctor who any doctor actually who has done who's gone down the same path as me. Usually when you do aesthetics, you would do Botox and fillers and you would purchase in bulk from the manufacturer. Generally the doctor is not the manufacturer. Yeah. I'm the manufacturer, the formulator, I'm the supplier. You know, I, I basically vertically, circle, yeah, I vertically exactly. integrated it all so that there was never going to be an issue with product. That is awesome. Is there, when you do that though, isn't there like um, some sort of criteria that you'd have to get from an external body to like sign off like the ingredients yeah, of everything has to be, yeah, you've got EU law. Okay. So you, yeah, you have to follow EU law, which is obviously essential. Is all cool. your products come from EU. So you have specs on every on every ingredient even. So if you look at my lab, we've got hundreds of ingredients and each ingredient has got its own sell-by date, its own um, specs, it's got its own stability reports, etc. So you have to, of course, do that. That's just... And that all comes from the EU. Yeah. You so, never buy from anywhere else. You buy from the EU. How, so, what, so you're basically saying that you, you, you did do that and now you're going to have to make everything... We have done it. So the last 12 months, that's what I've been working on. So we manufacture everything here now. Okay. So the question is, is that now more beneficial to you going forward or is it Not actually- really. It really isn't. In terms of peace of mind, yes. But in terms of stress levels, it's a lot more stress. I've got now more staff. I've got a premises I have to pay for. Yeah. I've got 
product and if I run out of one ingredient, we lose a huge amount of money because everyone's sitting there waiting for that one ingredient to come, which can take weeks. So it's a lot more stress. Nice. Yeah. But at least I've got security and peace of mind. So that's Have your trade-off. costs gone up in the UK in comparison to the EU? Uh, not yet, but don't forget, I think they're... I think it's duty hasn't happened yet. We haven't actually yeah. left yet. I yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Okay, that is that is interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people are saying that after after Brexit, if it was done in the UK, maybe more cost efficient. Actually, potentially it might not be because you're still going to have to get the ingredients anyway, and that's going to have potential tax. And you're going to pay for labour here, which yeah. is expensive. Yeah, more expensive than in the EU. Crazy crazy times that we live in god knows what boris is uh, going to do i mean when was the day when you ever thought you'd see boris and the queen in the same sentence on the news talking about pro-rogue did he mislead the queen like, did he mislead the queen oh my yeah, god yeah that's, that's a joke. yeah that's what's crazy happening. do you like boris oh, oh. No, the can of worms now um i do i like him um i think he's brave i think Theresa may had um she tried doing everything in the most ethical and clean manner that can be without upsetting any parties, whereas yeah. he's just gone in, got rid of everyone that was <laughs> potentially Remain, and potentially, and then yeah. got everyone that was pro-Brexit and just basically just gone for it. Mm. And yeah. now he's just... He's Churchilled it, hasn't he? He has. He, he has. did his dissertation on Churchill. He's written books on Churchill. He's obsessed with Churchill. So... In some senses, like that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, if it works so. out, everyone's going to love him, basically. And if true. it doesn't work out, he's so in true. so much trouble. <laughs> yeah, so true. I mean, his brother, his brother uh, stepped down from Parliament. So I know. His brother was like, "I'm it's come between me and the family now, and I don't agree with what you're doing." And he has to step down. So I don't know. I re- when I see that, that scares me because if your brother doesn't believe in what you're doing, you've kind of got to sit there and think, "Oh, where are we going with this?" So yeah. no, it is. It's an awkward scenario. I just. For, for the sake of uh, my business, I just I just want to know what's going on. That's that's mm. all I want to know. All I want to know is what will happen, so that you can then plan for it. I genuinely not, don't think he knows what's going on. Yeah. I think he's just trying to deliver the promise that he set, so we can almost even if it all goes down, we can at least start rebuilding on something. Right now, we're just on this quicksand. We don't really know which yeah. direction we're going in, which is uncertainty. Yeah, it is. And a lot of a, a lot of investments come from international and it's how that looks for for those individuals, especially, you know, looking at the likes of like China, they invest into the UK. When we're out of the EU, is that going to benefit them? Is it going to be negative? There's so many ifs and buts of how this is all going to play out. And mm. like I said, oh, it's got to the point now, which is tiring. You just want to know what's going on. There's stuff in the news every single day about, mm. oh, how we've now fully blocked a hard Brexit. Uh, don't worry about the backstop and all of this stuff. And it's just got to the point where you're just like, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it was the prorogue illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. That's the latest, yeah. isn't it? Well, I think didn't, didn't Scottish, Scottish Parliament said that it was illegal. Then it went yeah. to the High Court and then they exactly. overruled saying that it was legal. Yeah, I think they're looking at it a second time as well. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy. Um, just craziness what's going on. He's literally just a mini Trump right now, isn't he? Yeah, there is. <laughs> I bet Trump loves him. I do. Yeah. He, I heard they had the same stylist. <laughs> you don't, they've got the same hair as well, don't they? Is so it real? I don't know. <laughs> so what would you do to Boris if you walked into to hyperpigmentation clinic oh my and, and said, and said, Vanita, what would you do to me? What would I do to you? What would oh you my do God. to Boris Johnson? I would skin? say, Boris, you've got Caucasian skin. You can be, you can do whatever you want to your skin and you're going to be fine. Go and burn your all your skin off down to your epidermal dermal junction and you will still be fine. So enjoy your life, Boris. But what if he can't get them because of Brexit? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's gone up, it's going to cost me double. What I know, now? I tell him, go, now, to like, go, to pa- go to Paris or something. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. He, yeah, well, he, he's going he's gonna to end up with dark. Have you seen that? Have you seen all the before and after photos of mm. when they've been gone into power and come out? Like, of Bra- every president. Oh my God, Barack, Barack Obama. Yeah, what happened? Crazy, isn't it? He looks so cool when he went in. And then he came out and he just aged by like 20, 30 years. And you sit there and think, is it worth it? What's Trump going to come out like? He's going to come out like a skeleton, wow. isn't he, at the end of it? Oh, I don't know. I, I was... feel like he's just never going to leave. He's just, he's got staying power, that man, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. What's uh, Do you know Dan Balzerian? No. Uh, so it's just, he's basically a massive playboy in America. Okay. And these two guys are having breakfast and... 
he's got i think he's got like 20 odd million followers on instagram this damn him and he he was i was wondering why are they having breakfast but i have i believe trump's going to go run again and off the back of that he'll then push uh, for Dan Balzerian afterwards, who's launching one of the largest cannabis companies in the USA, and that would be his funding to go for it. And I thought, no way, if Dan gets that is in. That's crazy. Yeah, oh, he, my goodness. Could you imagine? He, he confirmed it on a podcast the other day that he wants to, Dan Balzerian will be running for it. And he, he, he's got like 20 girlfriends that just round his house all the time. Yeah, and you said, I think this is going to be crazy. He said, I will get away with it as well, because A, I've got a large following. Two, I'll, I'll sign a contract to make that. I'll do, none of my family will do any business deals whilst I'm in power I mean if you look at Trump and you look at how far his family have now gone since that day when he went into power you're you're looking at you know I don't want to uh, over predict but hundreds of millions plus on deals in in Dubai in the USA across the globe and it's it's that's what's got to be taken into consideration next time because they're just taking full advantage of of the role that they what he's playing and if you look at his investments his investments are public he's got virtually nothing in the markets at all yeah. it's all done through his son his family and so on and so forth i think when he got into power his security budget went up something so it's the largest security budget that's ever been in power really yeah it's i think a because he's got a large family anyway but two he didn't want to move out of the trump tower and at Ooh, the time that what did that do this isn't it well he owned the trump tower so yeah. the value of the apartments skyrocketed why because you've now got presidential security on that so you had celebrities and everyone moving into the trump tower and absolute nightmare crazy i could talk about that all day oh my goodness yeah he's 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 a nightmare so let's let's come on to um so we talked a bit about um brexit let's talk we'll 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 go on to let's go on to a bit more about entrepreneurship so obviously you know we can see that you're an entrepreneur what would you say to kind of individuals watching this that want to get into mm. entrepreneurship and their own businesses and things like that? Yeah, what I'd say is start young. I don't think that there's you're ever too young to start. I would start at 10 because it's easy nowadays to, to set up a Shopify website, to go to Alibaba, to look for gaps in the market, to see what's working in Japan that could work over here. It's very cheap, very quick. It's the best education you could give your child. I would 100% do that with my children. Um, and understand how to sell, understand the psychology of the customer, um, how do you market to them, how do you speak to them, so different products, you speak in different ways. This is all key information that really you should be teaching at school. You know, I think that's actually more important than some of the subjects that they learn. So that's number one. Number two, don't wait until you've finished university. Oh, let me go and get a job first and then let me decide later if I want to do business because it's never going to work. Once you have a job and you're paying for a mortgage, you're never going to quit a paycheck to then start a business that's completely risky and is likely to fail. So that's the other big mistake that people make. And I do this with all my cousins. I say, start young, like start when you're in your summer holidays at school. What are you doing for eight weeks of your life? You're going to summer camp. Like, how about you actually achieve something yeah. in those eight weeks? Yeah. So start young um, and read. I feel like even if I look at people that I surround myself by, most people are not reading a book a week. And at this day and age, when things are moving so rapidly, you need to be on top of it. You need to be reading books. If you want to be big on Instagram, you should read 10 books on Instagram. If you want to be big on YouTube, you should read all the books on YouTube, plus follow everyone who's talking about YouTube. You know, you need to keep learning. I think people stagnate. They do their degree. They might do maybe a postgraduate something. And then that's basically it. Like no more education for life, which is for me just. It is, isn't it? I, I, talk, I preach quite a lot about uh, the education system. I think it's really flawed. I just think, you know, by the time you've done a degree, usually what you're finished, you're doing, actually probably in in, in, in a medical degree, I suppose. Six years. Yeah. By the time you finish your sixth year, your first year is probably potentially outdated maybe with like um probably not so much because it's biochemistry which okay. you know doesn't really work like that um i know but, business yeah. and marketing when uh, at university by the time you finish your last year your first year of strategy in yeah. in technology is outdated and it's almost like what why are you doing this then you know you're going to end up with a degree with you know three or four years down the line that's now yeah it's obsolete it's outdated what yeah. are you going to do yeah i agree, definitely agree with the um with the reading side of things, we don't read enough, do we? There's just people that just 
they need to just get their heads into it. And if they're not a reader, then audio book it. Yeah. You, know, you can get through them 10 times quicker, yeah. stick it on, on the train. You're sat on that train anyway doing yeah. nothing. And on your commute, you can li- listen to a book You know, on, on probably the, the journey there and back and start Definitely. downloading that kind of information. What do you think kind of puts people off from being an entrepreneur? I feel like the trend is actually that we're going more towards entrepreneurship. When I first started out 15 years ago, the word entrepreneur was, you know, it was like a, t- a bit of a taboo thing, mm. especially me. I mean, I I had the dean of medicine call me into his office and say, what do you mean you're not going down the NHS route and you want to go down and do business? Like, what are you doing really? and that was the dean yeah and that's someone you really respect you know oh, he's, yeah. he's the number one authority in the land so <laughs> so back then it was a no-no nowadays social media is so easy anyone could do it you know so i actually think it's easier for people to do it but the problem is once you have a mortgage and you have children and you have payments to be made then that's not the right time to do it you really you've missed the boat in my opinion yeah. You know, you you just it's you're not going to do it. I wish you would do it, but it's just not going to. It's unlikely to happen. What would you say is some of the biggest hurdles that you had in your career? Biggest hurdles? Oh gosh, well, the, uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one hurdle after another. <laughs> they don't stop, do they? No, you have crisis after crisis after a disaster, and yeah. then another crisis, and that is the whole of your business life. I agree. I, I feel like a firefighter. Like yeah. each day I'm putting out a mini fire. Yeah. There's another one I need to put out and just, you just keep on going. Yeah. You keep on going. And eventually you end up getting there. Agreed. But what I would say, where the turning point happened for me, have you heard of Tony Robbins? Yeah. 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 So I went on his wealth mastery course and he talked about um, basically a um, retirement fund. So a cash machine, he calls it. And he said, if you uh, save enough, don't spend. The, the thing people love to do is spend the money. They make their money and they spend the money. Yeah. He said, you should save 90% of what you make and compound interest it. So purchase houses or property or whatever you want compound the rent that you get from it and purchase more once you get to when you figure out what your cost is so for me it's for four of us to live whatever our lifestyle is and have enough property to be able to fund that lifestyle then life changes because then when fires happen you're not panicking you know you're not your adrenaline's not rushing you're not having sleepless nights it's not the end of the world you know because you're going to be okay so that's the big thing i would say to anyone who's an entrepreneur Anything can go under at any moment and you can't get another job. It's not like a job scenario. You can't just pick up and do something that's going to be as successful as your last thing. Mm -hmm. So save. If you're an entrepreneur, save your money, compound your money, and don't be reckless until you are at retirement fund. When you hit retirement fund, everything changes. You can breathe. You can relax. Nothing is as big as you think it is. I'm sure loads of listeners are going to be absolutely loving that because I literally, t- I literally talk, I literally talk about this whole thing about how, you know, the 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 amount that people are spending each month is just going through the roof, and uh, it's like it's one month pay in pay out, and then after that first week, that is it, they're gone, they're now working, you know, day to day, living day to day as well until they get their next paycheck. I'm not looking at the future, we live so short term now. And I'm again. I I, I train uh, individuals to trade to trade the financial markets, and also um, more about financial education. And I've been doing a lot of talks at schools as well about trying to make sure that people are understanding what is APR, what is a credit card, what is debt, and really understanding that they need to be saving so much more money to build up a little pot that they can then go and invest. So that just reiterates that even more so. And I think that's where it starts, though, isn't it? It starts at school. And when I was at school, I was never told about, you know, when you get older. Financial education. Yeah. But but why? Like, why are we not told to go get, you know, when you get a mortgage, you need to go get a good rate, fixed or variable. Should we go down that route? Or don't, you know, don't expose yourself too much to credit cards. Or when you get into your student student loan, oh, they're, you know, it's interest-free for a certain period, so then you start paying interest back. Like, why? why I'll tell you why. Who is the teacher? Yeah, there you go. If you had a billionaire teacher, let's say, who had started off from nothing, how much more are you going to learn? So it's about who you surround yourself by. And we can't put pressure on the teachers because they've gone down their route, but that's not going to be the most successful route for thousands of children that you're teaching. So if you want to, so, but 
But on the flip side, nowadays, you know how you say go and get a mentor? Nowadays, we have mentors online so easily. Like my mentor would be, for example, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson. You know, I've got uh, medic mentors as well. So, but these are people that I listen to. They give me advice that transforms what I'm doing. So really, it's on the children now. It's on you. Like take responsibility for your own education and figure out what is your goal? How long is it going to take for you to achieve it? Has someone else done it? And then replicate what they've done. Model yourself on them. That's it. It's very easy. I literally, that's my book pretty much. My book, <laughs> uh, I, I, in my book, I literally talk about take, take five people that you aspire to be, mimic their traits, and you'll end up being like them. You know? yeah. And that's, that's what I did. I, I took my five main influences that I thought that were the, the be-all and end-all, people like Tony Robbins, Steve yeah. Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And when you start writing them down, you can actually see what traits they've got. They're, they're, they cross over between them. They're obsessive, actually. A lot of yeah. them are obsessive. Yeah. And, yeah. If you're not obsessed, then you're, you're doing something that you don't enjoy doing, right? Yeah. You know, otherwise, what's the point in getting up every single day? And that's, um, again, another another thing. Alan Watts, we always talk about Alan Watts. He's a philosopher. And he says, what would you rather do? Live yeah. a short life. Um, spend doing what you want to do or you know spend your time uh, doing something you don't like doing and have a long life in a miserable way which one would you rather do short life enjoying what you want to do on a day-to-day basis or a long life spent in a miserable way yeah and the, the problem is is we all opt out for you know a lot of people opt out to get security yeah. rather than take the risk but if you talk to the successful individuals you'll never find one that's never taken a risk unless they're a trust fund baby you know mm, uh, so true. it is isn't it i mean you, yeah. you 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 see like um you know you find someone even a successful millionaire that can go broke but then a year down the line because he's got that set management in his mind he's back to where he was before mm. you know just because, because one business sense. goes bad you know mm. he just comes straight back that's his uh, network that he's built up with the right mm. individuals that can support and help his business yeah, grow 100%. and then he's back there the difference is those people go and say i want to go for a safe and secure job and you know the prime one that i use is an accountant you yeah. know it's a safe and secure job but now it's not they're saying in the next four or five years, accountancy will be completely gone and it'll just be special, specialist accountants that are yeah. needed. Day-to-day accountants will all be done through software, connected mm. to your bank statements. And so that, you know, but assumption of being secure is now gone. You know, or yeah. the assumption of yeah. a job, a nine to five, is also assumption that it's safe. You know, you could get called into the office the next day and say, I'm sorry, unfortunately, we've got to let you go. Yeah. Or unfortunately, the company's now, you know, yeah. filing bankruptcy, we've mm. got to go. There's nothing, there's no such thing as security anymore. Mm. It's, it, you know, people need to start chasing their dreams of what they what they really want to do, you know. Yeah. But, but do it young, don't wait. People are scared. And I think a big part of it is, I don't know, for me, I was very lucky. My mum and dad were... I remember saying to them once, I was a third-year medical student, I said, Mom, I want to create this product for final-year medical students. I want to create the first ever video library of every single patient that can come up with all the different doctors who are going to assess them. This was before YouTube. I was like, Mom, do you think I can do it? This was a, a £50,000 project. I was 20 years old, and I, was, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even a final-year student myself, so I didn't even know what they really needed. <laughs> And she goes, of course you can do it. It's really easy. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to call, um, you know, call all the professors, call all the doctors. We can figure out who, which GP surgery we can use. Get the consent form. So easy, Vinita. Like, what do you mean? Like, why are you stressing? It's the easiest thing you could ever do. It wasn't. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it took me three years. Again, that was going to take me one year. That took me three years. We won the British Medical Association Book Awards, again, against my dean. Mm-hmm. And we beat, like, if you saw the sea of, like, Caucasian prof- professors with white hair and then me, this little child, you know, looking like this little Indian girl in the middle of this sea. <laughs> Honestly, I just did not fit in at all. But actually, because my mom and dad were just like, of course you've got this. This is so easy. But I was like, yeah, of course I've got this. It's so easy. Yeah, so now I say to them, I go, mom, dad, raise your expectations of me because whatever you raise it to is what I'm going to hit. Yeah. So... Tell me, like, what is the biggest dream you've got for me? Like, the most craziest, out-of-the-box dream, like, and tell me daily that I'm going to achieve it and I will achieve it. So I think that's a big thing. You want to hit your parents' expectations. Do you replicate that to your... Yeah, 100%. So I said to my daughter the other day, I was like, what do you want to be? She said, oh, I want to be a hairdresser. I go, you know, you don't have to just be one thing. Nowadays, mummy, mummy's a singer, mummy's a dancer, mummy's a, a doctor, mummy's a businesswoman, mummy's a mummy, mummy's a builder, mummy does X, Y, or Z. I was like, so what do you want to be? 
And so she said, I want you to be this. Da, da, da. She wants to be a singer. I was like, why don't you build the stadium? Build the stadium and then you can sing in the stadium. Yeah, you know, like think yeah. bigger. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. so in order to get that mindset though, was your mum and dad successful business people yeah. themselves? Yeah. And that is, that's, that is the core of it, isn't it? Cool, because yeah. if you don't have that, they you don't get that. You don't get that support. I don't think. And I think that, you're right. And that's the if big you thing. failed, if you've done a business and you failed, you'd be scared for your child to do the business. Yeah, mm. taking on this risk and stuff like that is what they say. I know. You know, there's this whole thing about risk, right? I'm actually quite risk averse. It sounds like I'm very like I take a lot of risk, but I don't. I actually think in terms of what's the least amount of money I can spend on a business. Can I build the website myself? When I started the hypertension clinic, my husband built the website on Daddy. What is it called? Daddy. Go, go, go Daddy. Daddy Yankee. Go Daddy. 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 Something. <laughs> he built his own website. He was a finance guy. He was a trader. He didn't know how to build a website, so he built the website, and I did the video. You know, I got somebody to take the video for me, and you just figure it out, right? Like yeah. you just think, what do I need to do roughly? figure it out it's going to be fine and do it as cheap as possible at the beginning Mm -hmm. don't go in and spend a huge amount of money at the beginning like i did with a restaurant massive mistake because you do not know if that thing's going to succeed or not start small try a little bit just maybe a thousand pound investment for any business and then and see is it working if it's working scale up yeah and then if you want to go for a more risky business do it after you've done a small business don't go in straight where i'm going to go and do the most expensive business you do it when you can afford to lose the money. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to make or break scenario. Yeah. Never. Like never. Yeah. So you do it You do it carefully. You know, use your brain. Do it in a sensible way. Don't go, oh, yeah, I've got to be risky and this is the only way to make money. It really isn't. In fact, when you have a lot of money, you tend to lose a lot of money too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a bad week in the market. Definitely agree on that one. Um, okay, cool. So... It's awesome story about the entrepreneurship side of things. I think there's a lot of takeaways there for people of how to get uh, kind of set up, what they should be looking out for in entrepreneurship. What's kind of next for yourself as an entrepreneur? So we're about to launch something that I was so excited about. I don't know if I should be talking about it right now. <laughs> I'm supposed to be like putting it out on social media a little right. bit at a time. Oh, right. Gentle feelings. All right, let me just tell you because it's really exciting. They'd have, have to listen through to 42 minutes. So, so that is, they, they've got, really got to be patient. <laughs> so basically, um, I get melasma myself. Remember I talked about melasma, yeah. cheekbone pigmentation. And the area you get it most on the face is actually on the cheekbones. 80% of melasma takes place in the cheekbone area. And so whenever I'd go out, you put your sunblock on, you have to reapply your sunblock every two hours if you have pigmentation in your face. Now imagine a woman with makeup on. How many women do you know are going to top up their sunblock every yeah. two hours? And I'm obsessive and I, even I struggle to do it every two hours. So I thought what would be amazing is if I created the first ever anti-pigmentation sunglasses that basically covered this whole area and the sides, which is the area you get it. If you block it here, you don't get melasma anywhere else. If you do it early enough you won't be getting pigmentation all over your face, which destroys your life. So again, I had this idea years ago when my daughter was at nursery. I remember talking to the nursery mums about it. And again, I failed and I failed and I failed. I went to so many different exhibitions, so many different um, factories. I went to factories in China. I went to factory. I've been to so many different places. And I finally managed to find a boutique not even a factory, um, a boutique work- workshop where they make, where they basically make things by hand, make sunglasses by hand. Um, and there's only one place in the whole of Italy that can even cut the masks the way that I want them to be cut. Wow. And then I patented it. And now we're ready to launch in four weeks' time. We've done all the photo shoots. I've literally 10x my effort levels. Have you heard of Grant yeah, Cardone? Of course I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like 10xing 10X everything, everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we launch on Instagram in all the different languages in four weeks' time. And I'm just so excited because all doctors know hats and sunglasses are essential. Like, I literally walk around my hats and sunglasses, but sunglasses have never covered the area they're supposed to cover. They cover your, protect your eyes, not your skin. So this is the first ever pair of anti-pigmentation sunglasses for anyone that has melasma that suffers with the pain of it. Wow, that is incredible. Um, is, that for, is that for both male and female? It is, but men who have dark circles, basically. Men, and also fine lines. UV is the number one reason why you get fine lines around the eye area, uh, prematurely. So when you block it, you're 
preventing lots of things, fine lines, dark circles, pigmentation, cataracts even. Wow. Cataracts happen much yeah. earlier in Africa, for example, compared to here. Why? Because of UV. That is. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you know, what you're doing and when we see the before and after pictures on your website, you're literally changing people's lives. Um, I've read some of the comments where people are saying, I no longer have to wear makeup, I hardly have to wear makeup. I mean, how does that make you feel? Do you know what? I literally still get goosebumps. Years and years later, I still get goosebumps. I still like run into the room to see results. It is because I've had it myself. I know how devastating it is. Imagine people come into my clinic and they stare at my face, you know, and I get melasma. So I am the most conscious about my own skin. So I know how, how painful it is. We get the worst comments from mother-in-law saying, you know, what's that dirty thing on your face? Or husband saying, can you sort my wife's face out? Or wow. really nasty comments. And men get nasty comments too if they have dark circles. You know, oh, are you not sleeping? Are you on drugs? Are you <laughs> drinking? Had, had a heavy night, did you? And it's just so unprofessional. It's, yeah, that is. It's horrible, yeah. you know? I mean, interesting that you said that. I mean, a really, really hot topic at the moment, um, especially online, is trolling. Um, you know, I mean, it was recently um, Jessie from Listen, which came out, and she did an exclusive about how it affected her mentally. Um, Jessie from Little Mix. Okay. Um, so she did a, she did a program on, on the channels on Skypick and everything, um, being victim to online abuse. I mean, have you um, or anyone you know experienced this? Trolling. Mm. Yeah, trolling is a really big problem, I think, especially for influencers. Uh, for me, because I'm a medic and I'm giving a lot of good value information that people appreciate, I actually... I don't think I've ever had anyone say hor anything horrible to me online, <laughs> which I'm really surprised about. In fact, I didn't even go online for so many years because I was so nervous about this, you know, people attacking me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I you, Simon, have you ever had any trolls? <laughs> uh, yeah, do we even get started? Um, <laughs> I, I frequently get trolls. I do think, you? Yeah, I think it's the whole industry that we're in. Um, do you think it's jealousy? Yes, and too much free time. Do you think? I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, I think you know when I think when someone's I'm 28, so I think when someone's done You're work, young. yeah, You're I don't, a baby. I don't, <laughs> I, 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 that's why I've got a beard. You know, try 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 not. To, <laughs> I'd look probably 12 without it. Oh. Um, but I think when you're young and you've done something well, the people start thinking that you know there's you know how has he done that you know and. I was sitting there thinking, is this ever going to end? And I started looking into it. Do you know Gary V? Yeah, of course. I love Gary V. Oh, love Gary V. Amazing. <laughs> Gary V gets so many trolls. Does he? Yeah, you would never think it, would you? But he gets the most amount of good value content. Like, why would he get trolled? So people that are debating with what his opinion is of what he's saying. The schooling thing. Yeah, saying, you know, uh, put in the hours. He always says, you know, you've got to, if you want to do something, you want to be successful, you've got to put in the hours. And people are like, no, you don't. It's about working smart, not putting in the hours. You can put in the hours as a cleaner and you'll never, ever, you know, get anywhere from it. And it's like, he gets some serious hate. Same with same with um, Grant Cardone as well. Grant Cardone I'm sure also. Grant does, but he's very... He's, he, ready kind of guys. <laughs> he's, he's out there, isn't he? He's very out there. I mean, he's got what I think he's doing a property fund at the moment. He's got like 1.2 billion at the moment. In, he's doing uh, really well. Obviously, he's going to do well. Yeah. Do you know, I think they're thinking about Tim Ferriss, a four-hour work week. That's what they're thinking about the work work smart, not hard. Is that That's probably what they're... Yeah. And I used to do that, right? I used to do the whole four-hour work week thinking that that was the dream. What's that? So talking about what you were saying about trolls have, oh. you seen, have you seen it uk parliament wow so this is uk parliament no so you, it's going to be heard in parliament mm. which is crazy so there's a petition that came out um hold online trolls accountable for their online abuse via yeah, their ip address isn't I mean, that crazy it, it happens i mean you know not just to influencers celebrities you know how could you hear people just getting bullied from young age in yeah. schools and colleges i mean 127,000 yeah, people crazy. signed that i mean you know i'm sure a million if the mums get involved there'll be a million yeah. on there it's true though why do we not have kyc on instagram yeah, like I mean, it you know 100 i mean how many times you try and verify an account when it's generally <laughs> you get a fake account put up about you sam yeah that's true I mean, how many how many times you know 100 agree i mean Obviously, it's not nice to be a victim to online abuse. I mean, what would your advice be to someone who has experienced it? Do you know what? We're doing this thing. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but we've made a pact at school. So all the mums, I'm really good friends with all the mums, and um, we've just made a pact at, at St. Helens. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I just said it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's too late. <laughs> it's a secret pact. <laughs> a secret pact. And we're going to give all our children dumb phones. 
you know, like the old Nokia phones. With okay. The, yeah. So flip phones, everyone's getting flip phones. Not even one person's going to get a smartphone. So they don't even know what the smartphone is. They're going to be friends with each other, just like normal phone calls like we used to do. That is Amazing. Awesome. Maybe a text. <laughs> no, I knew I kept my 33 10 for a reason. It just went up in value. I'm going to send Ellis to go sell my old Nokia's. That is entrepreneurship. I'm learning already, guys. That, that is... You know what? Hold on to it. It might go even more. <laughs> that, that is crazy, though. And you think that it'll probably solve a lot of issues as well. Mm. You know? 100%. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to stop any sort of bickering because it's not It's not just that, is it? It's like, say if you WhatsApp someone, mm. when, you, when you're WhatsApp and you're talking, sometimes you're like, wait, did, did he mean that in that way? It's like taking out of content, yeah. you know, content yeah. straight away. And, you know, that's... Well, that brings us on to the whole thing, which we probably should uh, start looking to wrap up. We've got about five to ten minutes left yeah. of... Um, going on to mental health and trolling going down that yeah. going down that road of mental health and, and I think it really kind of came to light didn't it with um, Love Island when um, yeah. you know some of the individuals unfortunately um, you know passed away but that's that is, is that because of social media is that because of trolling or is that just the start of it do you know what I I'm 35 years old and even I have insecurities and I'm probably the most best part of my life and I'm still insecure. I've been insecure my whole life. And if I've been insecure, how many other people have been insecure? And that's without millions of people telling me I'm fat and I'm ugly and I'm this and I'm that. Could you imagine? Like, I just, then you start believing it. You'd literally believe You're far I'm fat and I'm ugly mm. and I'm this and I'm that. And you just, yeah. then what? Then you just, you just curl up and die inside. It's, yeah. If you haven't been raised to have the strength to be able to handle that type of negativity, I don't know. I'm really sensitive. I, I just, I don't think I'd be able to cope. I would really struggle. I wouldn't even put myself in that situation because I just. So imagine your sunglasses, they come out, your own overnight success in regards to it going right. absolutely global. <laughs> You've now got 1.5 million followers on Instagram <laughs> and then criticizing everything. Is that how would you, do you think that would change the pressure? No, I'd block them. I'd be like, don't be mean to me. I'll block you now. We're what? not friends what? anymore. <laughs> 1.5 million. Well, if they're all saying negative things about me, I'm going to close the business. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I'm doing something really wrong if everyone doesn't like me. <laughs> that is that oh. is good. It is men- mental health, though. Is I think it has. It's definitely sparked a lot. I, mm. I haven't really, you know, I'm, I'm very uh, how to put. It, my mentality is very much hard driven set, and you know, if someone's going to throw an empty comment out there, you know, I, I sometimes will entertain it. But if if not, genuinely, for example, I about two three years ago, I got called super fat. And that's when I was like, right, you know what? I, I'm going to hit the gym now. I'm going to go full at it. Yeah. And then three months later, I did like a, an after photo. Amazing. Like, and then and then like the next bit of hate was, what are those shoes you're wearing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's on roids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never, my goodness. That's when you realize it's never going to end. It's yeah. never going to change, is it? It's always something. It's, there's always something in, in that, you know, what what, call, what what sort of haircut do you call that? Or, oh, wow. you know, there's always something, isn't there, in, in the pipeline. But, the, the thing is, though, is that voice is only public online. You would never, uh, ever get someone come and say that directly to you on your face. And that's why definitely that petition for those guys that are listening, if you want to get involved, by the way, head over to uh, the UK Parliament's website. And it's it's going up like in the tens every kind of second that we go past it. But Parliament will uh, be considering it for a debate. There's over 127,000 people that have signed it saying that they would like to hold online trolls accountable for their online abuse uh, mm. via their IP address. And if they're found um, to be guilty, to then be banned from that social media channel. And mm. I, I think that is, you know, I think that's a fair, I think 100%. that's a fair statement, you know. Yeah, it's, 100%. It's obviously got to the point now where it's large enough, it's going to mm. be heard in Parliament. I mean, that is, that's crazy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's a great thing about social media. It spreads so much awareness, you know, people are not familiar with it and they're not scared to speak out. You see so many influencers now speaking openly about you know, haven't had issues with mental health, haven't had issues with trolling, you know, it's absolutely brilliant. Do you think it is to do the whole likes scenario yeah. on photos? I think a lot of it is because Instagram did a trial, um, I think about a month ago, in some countries that actually took away the likes. Yeah, so they only had the picture. I don't know what the outcome was, but, I, you know, at first I thought, no, you know, it kind of destroys it. But then the more I thought about it, I thought it takes that pressure off people. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to get the likes. Oh, you know, so-and-so at uni's got more, you know, three more likes than me. Yeah. You know, it, it does generally make some people feel bad. Um, I, I yeah. think it's a good idea to, to try it, but obviously those who... What about social proof? We're so into our, you know, reviews and, like, how, how would that work with social proof, do you think? 
what like, you, what say for mean? example like i put up before an old photo for example yeah. um social proof is okay so a lot of people appreciate like think that that's a useful photo and they've learned something from it um and then if you don't have the social proof are you even going to look at the photo do you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know like reviews it's the same it's the same as a review you're looking and giving a review or something do you, do you believe in reviews now? I've seen so much stuff with reviews and, you know, fake reviews everywhere. Mm. I mean, even even looking at stuff like Trustpilot, yeah, which tr- is well known. Yeah. You, just, yeah. you got an email, you, just, you see people just creating mm. a second email. You really? Know, leave a review, and you're just like, true. there's no there's no kind of proof. Why is there no KYC? They're, they're, that's it's what I'm saying. It's all about know your customer, KYC, mm. get, get a verified passport driver's license. That's my review. Now, if I want to go create a second one, you need to have the same thing in a different yeah. uh, you know, different name or so on so forth. Well, I shouldn't be able to leave it's one. It's crazy. I read articles on Trustpilot. It's interesting because you mentioned um, Shopify earlier. When I was setting up a Shopify, mm. I was going to Shopify Trustpilot, and as I was looking into it, saying how much they're actually manipulating. You know, really? Some companies can actually control um, you know what's, what's put out on Trustpilot, and it makes you think: Who can you trust? And you mm. see the whole uh, review saga with, with companies like Amazon and Facebook, where people would pretty much pay to do reviews. Yeah, I've um, seen that. It makes really? you think: You know, who can you trust? And you know, for a consumer buying a product, I mean, you know, for example, if I'm looking to buy, um, I don't know, a jumper on Amazon, I look at it. Oh, great reviews, washes great. And you think, okay, how many of these are actually legit? Oh, yeah, hundred percent. I've seen that because mm. my my book is, is on Amazon and. I've seen this thing called like it's like Vine trusted reviewers. They get paid to do reviews, it's crazy, and it's like I, I've noticed that I either get very good ones, like five star, read this book, so on and so forth, and then one was like not informative. And I'm like, have you actually read it, or have you, you know, there's no feedback on it? Mm. What you're saying is a troll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you can't just label them as a troll. It could be as a yeah. but what, what I'm saying it says it says Vine verified um, mm. reviewer, and you you look on there and you click on their profile, and you see they've reviewed like two thousand products, and I'm like, wow. are you guys getting these products for? free like it's just yeah. amazon ship this to you and then you're like oh let's see what i think of this and i will write a review and i get paid for that that's that's, that's crazy crazy isn't definitely it? need to look into that that's- but they did that with uh, restaurant reviews didn't they apparently when tripadvisor first started like some of the people who had most of the biggest reviews on tripadvisors because they started doing it actually started getting paid to then to then go and do reviews and stuff and they started really? like manipulating businesses yeah it's on i think it was on it's one of the radio stations i was listening to a couple of weeks ago and it's crazy. Just realize everything is manipulated. I find that when I look on TripAdvisor, I tend to do that for like going on holiday. Mm. But I find that it's just like, oh, look, there's a free star. Let's click on that. And I click on the free star. And it's like, had no kettle. I'm like, you're joking. You're not the, you're the Maldives. What do you need a kettle for? It's like 30 degrees outside. <laughs> no, or, or there wasn't an iron. Like, oh, no. To be honest, I, I would do that. <laughs> that. That was probably me. No, no I. <laughs> really? Is that really? Uh, uh, I take my own. I learn. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a straight up business model right here. It's to create a, a, a reviews business that, that you have to submit KYC, and you, or you have to. Could submit- you imagine how much stress that business would be? Do you know how stressful? Like, any time a negative review would go on, you would get that company, like, banging on your door, like, take it down, take it, and you're not getting paid for any of that stress. Like, that's the worst business ever. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> Maybe we won't try it, though. <laughs> yeah, delete, delete. Think of something else. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, I was sitting there saying this. Why, why are they not doing that with Instagram accounts like KYC on it? Because I think they've got so so driven by performance figures now that yeah. it's like if their user base isn't growing then it's not the case the actual interesting fact would be is what is unique users not all right i've got this profile for this i'm going to create this other profile for this and this yeah. other profile for that is, is, is the unique users growing or is it just the, the profiles of multiple oh. people are now getting more chance because when you think about instagram a couple of years ago you'd have one page yeah now you think about it and you've got three or four depending on your businesses that you're running you have to be on social now mm. and actually they all come under the same one person don't they yeah mm. so you, yeah. it's crazy especially with instagram um you know people who aren't clued up you know someone will go and buy followers i mean I'll give you an example this lady messaged me the other day on instagram um had something like 28k following or something and i'm trying to sell something i couldn't read the messages in russian and clicked on it and then each picture had like Two 17 likes. likes no <laughs> comments on any no picture comments. and then obviously when you get clued up to you think okay this is a fake profile people yeah. use bots and stuff but yeah so many people you know they see that they're thoughtful scams i mean 
Um, How many depends- people know that nowadays? Like, they, people bought photos, social text engagement. You'd be surprised though. Really? How many people don't? Really? Like, I just social for, it, for anyone that don't know, and you want to make sure page isn't fake. Head on to socialblade.com. Yeah. Just type in the username mm. of whatever it is, if it's on YouTube or on Instagram, and you'll be able to see, you know, how their followers mm. are and whether they're growing. Or look at engagement. Look at comments. Yeah. You know, don't just look at. You know, don't just look at how many how many um, followers they've got. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so that's uh, one of the big things, guys. I think we've, I think we're pretty much running out of time here. We're at fifty-nine minutes now. It's been an absolutely <laughs> awesome episode, guys. Thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Raj. I'm sure we'll see you in another episode as well. So thank you so much for joining me on the pleasure. episode. And um, guys, we will see you all in the next episode, which will be on Friday. We've got an awesome special guest that will be joining us onto, uh, onto the next show. And that will be on Friday, guys. This will be uploaded today. So good stuff. I will see you all in the next episode. Take care, guys. Mm-hmm.